This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Movement Mortgage. Movement provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Founded in 2008, amidst one of the biggest financial meltdowns in American history, Movement set forth on a mission to create a movement of change in their industry, in corporate cultures, and in communities. First, they pioneered a unique approach to home loans centered around helping home buyers quickly and easily. Then they created a model so that a portion of their profit creates a long-term positive impact in communities both close to home and around the globe through the Movement Foundation and Movement Schools. It all comes back to their mission to love and value people. Learn more at movement.com faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Proverbs 13.22 reads, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but it doesn't say how to do it. Hi, I'm Rob West. Often when parents make out a will, they simply divide their assets equally among their children, including property. But maybe that's asking for trouble. I'll talk about that first today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, one of the most common sentences included in a will is this, my estate will be divided equally among my children. That's fairly easy to do when the estate consists entirely of financial accounts that can quickly be converted to cash for distribution to heirs. It's quite another thing when the estate contains property, as most do. It immediately forces your heirs, usually your children, to make a difficult decision. Do they continue to hold the property in joint ownership, or do they sell it and divide the proceeds? A third option exists if one or more heirs are willing to buy out the others. Ideally, the heirs will all agree on a fair and equitable settlement. That usually means selling the home and splitting the proceeds. Or the heirs could decide to divide up other assets so that one or more heirs is able to hold on to the property. But far too often, heirs have trouble reaching that kind of agreement. Deciding as a group what to do with property becomes a complicated business. There are serious financial and emotional considerations. Financially, what you think is a blessing may actually become a burden when you factor in maintenance costs, taxes, insurance, homeowners association fees, and other expenses. Who makes decisions about maintenance and hires contractors to perform needed work? Will the heirs divide those expenses equally? What happens if one heir doesn't pay his or her share? Sometimes, depending on location, the property becomes something like a timeshare for the various heirs and their families. But then, who determines the schedule for using the place? Emotionally, inheriting real estate may cause heirs to make unwise decisions based on feelings rather than wise money management. In many cases, the family home becomes a money pit that fosters arguments among surviving children who can't even agree on minor things like what color to paint the living room. Children often have different ideas about what to do with inherited property based on their experiences growing up. Resentments that were hidden for years may boil up to the surface when mom and dad aren't around anymore. 
That's often made worse when one sibling is made executor of the estate. That person is then in a position to lord it over the others. Or the opposite can happen with the executor heir taking grief from siblings who all demand different things. Handling the estate becomes a nightmare for them as siblings squabble. So as a side note, consider appointing an outside executor or personal representative for your estate. To avoid these potential problems with leaving a house in joint ownership to your heirs, many experts suggest you handle it like any other asset in your will. Simply stipulate in your will that upon your death, all property will be sold and that the proceeds then are to be divided among your heirs. When you do that, some heirs may decide to take the proceeds of that sale as a part of their share in the estate. Others may want to buy out the others if they want to take on full ownership of the home or vacation property. By the way, you don't always have to divide the proceeds equally among your heirs. In his book, Splitting Heirs, financial teacher and author Ron Blue says that if you love your children equally, you will treat them uniquely in your will. Some may have greater needs than others. Some may not be able to handle money as well as others. In those cases, dividing things equally may not be best for your heirs. But the key to making any of this work is transparency. You should discuss your wishes with your family so that no one is surprised after you go home to the Lord. Everyone needs to understand not only your decisions, but why you made them. By having serious discussions about your estate ahead of time, you can eliminate the potential for infighting and resentment later, especially if you make it known that all real property is to be sold upon your death. That's one less thing your heirs can squabble about. If you need help drawing up a will or changing one, it's important to work with an estate attorney who shares your Christian worldview. You can do that by finding a certified kingdom advisor. Just go to faithfi.com and click find a CKA. That's faithfi.com and click on find a CKA. Well, I hope those suggestions will help you avoid conflict among your heirs and give you peace of mind. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance. We'll be right back. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience, and she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Every day, FaithFi is working to meet people right where they are. Through our national radio program, app, and website, we're helping people put their faith in God and not in money and possessions. And we're encouraging and equipping Christians to have a passionate pursuit for sacrificially living and giving the money entrusted to them. If you believe in and have benefited from FaithFi, would you consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron? Learn more about the FaithFi patrons' membership at faithfi.com and click Give. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. 
All right, it's time to take your calls and questions today. The number to call is 800-525-7000. We want to help you be a good steward of God's resources. You know, this idea of stewardship is one that's so important uh, for the believer. Uh, My friend Ken Boa, the author and teacher, uh, talks about this idea, and he says, you know, we have uh, key areas of stewardship that we all are responsible for. We all have to uh, steward time, talent, treasure, truth, and relationships. The question is, how are we found faithful in that, specifically in this area of financial stewardship, God's treasure? Well, we want to help you do that here on this program. We'd love for you to give us a call with your questions and comments today, 800-525-7000. Let's head to the phones. We're going to begin in York, PA. Hi, Carl. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Uh, Yes, uh, I was calling about, I had a 403B fund uh, that school I worked for in I retired eight years ago, and I never did anything with the money. I just left it in that fund, of it, but it hasn't grown any and done anything. And I was wondering, you know, could you suggest something to do with it or an, or an advisor of some kind? I know very little about, you know, yes. investing or finance outside of the school Yes. Uh, very good. So give me a, just a little bit of a, an overview of your situation. You said you are fully retired currently? Yes. Yes. Okay. And what is your age? 74. Okay. And what are you living on right now, Carl? Social Security alone, or do you have other income sources? Uh, Social Security and uh, other sources. Okay. And, and what are the... A pension? Okay. And would the combination of your pension and your Social Security cover your bills and even have a, allow you to have a little left over each month? Uh, yes. Okay, great. So really this asset would be, you know, sub- surplus that you don't need right now, but perhaps you would need it down the road. Do you have any reason to believe for anything earmarked that you would need to use this money for, or is it just for the unexpected, perhaps an increase in you know, long-term care or something like that down the road? Yeah, possibly. Mostly I was hoping I could just leave it to my kids. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. How much is in this account, roughly? Yeah, it's uh, hundred nineteen thousand. Okay, and do you have any other retirement assets like this, or would this be the only one? Yeah, I have uh, other ones besides that. Yeah. Okay, and are those invested, or what are they currently in? Yeah, they're uh, ones an annuity where I get money from it every month for forever. <laughs> okay. And uh, sure. And the other uh, is uh, savings. Okay. Very good. And how many months worth of savings do you think you have liquid right now? Months worth? I've got six, six years or so. Okay, great. Yeah, so you're in good shape. Well, you know, I think that's the key, and that's helpful. Thank you for giving that me that background. Is you're in a great spot here, Carl, because your your expenses are covered. You've got a guaranteed income stream that's going to last the rest of your life between the pension, uh, the social security, and the annuitized payments uh, coming to you each month. And then you've got plenty of reserves. It's, it sounds like you have six 
years, if I heard you correctly, worth of expenses in a liquid savings or reserve account. And then on top of that, you've got this roughly 120000 in a 403B. Uh, and you're thinking, probably don't need that based on everything I know today. But if I did, it's there. I want to grow it modestly for the future. Don't want to take unnecessary risk. But at the same time, even at 74, you can still have a long time horizon for this money. Because, you know, if the Lord tarries and you're in good health, you might not pass this on to your heirs and for 20 years, uh, which means that we can really take a long-term perspective. Now, that doesn't mean we throw caution to, wi- to the wind and get unnecessarily aggressive, but at the same time, to outpace inflation and grow this over time, especially uh, given that you plan to pass it on, I'd like the idea of you having an allocation to stocks. And so what I'd probably do is roll it out to an IRA that would not be a taxable event, gets it out of the 401k where there's a limited investment universe. There's only a smaller number of investments to choose from inside the 403b. And then once it hits the IRA, you've got unlimited options. You could put it in cash type investments, or as I described, you know, perhaps you uh, deploy a a fairly conservative uh, investment allocation. And at age 74, we would typically look at maybe, you know, 35% to somewhere between 30 and 40% in stocks, high quality, maybe dividend paying stocks with a little bit of exposure to some growth oriented stocks. And then the balance, 60 to 70% in bonds, high quality, either government or corporate bonds that have the stable uh, income and yield on them, especially as the Federal Reserve stops raising interest rates. We won't see the prices of those bonds fall and they'll throw off a pretty good amount of income. And the combination of that total portfolio of stocks and bonds, largely bonds, will give you a more stable return than, let's say, an all-stock portfolio. So if the market's down 30 you wouldn't be expected to be down. You might be down 10 or 15, but you're also going to participate in the upside. And we're not looking at a quarter or a year or even a couple of years. We'd be looking over 5, 10, 15, 20 years to say, well, there's never been a 20-year period where the market, you know, hasn't moved higher. And we would expect that would, you know, to be the same over the next, uh, you know, 5 to, to 20 years. And so, you know, in order to do that, rather than you having to pick those yourself, I'd probably hire an investment advisor. You'd pay them a fee based on the assets under management, the 120000 maybe 1.5% a year, and then they would make the investment decisions, buying and selling the stocks for you. I think the key would be not to watch it too closely, like daily or even monthly, but know that you're taking a long time horizon. The market could be down more if we hit a recession, especially a deeper recession later this year, but it'll also recover well ahead of the economy. And I'm fully expecting, and the economists I trust are fully expecting it to hit a new high and move higher from there. Now, we've got some longer-term issues in this country we've got to address with regard to our debt and our you know spending and so forth, inflation and interest rates. But I think the very best way to build wealth and overcome the effects of inflation is in a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio. But where you're seeking wise counsel uh, for somebody to help you do that – Um, And kind of to that end, and I'll finish here and then see what questions you have. I'd probably select a certified kingdom advisor in your area. You can find one by doing a zip code search at faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. Just click find a CKA. And then that advisor could make these buyer and sell decisions for you in the IRA once it's rolled out of the 403B. But give me your thoughts on that. 
Okay, that sounds perfect. It was really like a world of knowledge you just filled out to me. <laughs> Good. Well, and, I know uh, it was a lot, so I hope I didn't overwhelm you. But I think the next step for you, even before you'd open that IRA, would be to select that advisor. And then based on where the advisor custodies their assets, whether that's Fidelity or Schwab or one of the other major brokerages, then they would open that new IRA for you. You'd fill out the surrender paperwork or the rollover paperwork from your current 403B administrator, and then the the money would just transfer right over to that new custodian. And once it hits the account, that advisor could take over and begin making those decisions. But they'll do an extensive amount of discovery with you ahead of time to determine what are your goals and objectives and how should this be managed to meet those, including your values as a believer. So just head to faithfi.com and click find a CKA. Thanks for your call. Hey, just after this break, we'll be back with a lot more of your calls and questions. Stay with us. This is Faith and Finance. Hey, Greg, I need some advice. Oh, what's up? I'm really struggling with finding ways to cut back. With costs going up, especially in healthcare, what do you guys do? Oh, uh, we use CHM. Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a health cost sharing ministry that's been sharing members' eligible medical bills for over 40 years. Sure helped us stick to our budget. Hmm. And here's the website chministries.org. C-A-C-H-Ministries.org. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Soundmind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back. This is Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls today, 800-525-7000. That's 800 800- Five two five seven thousand. By the way, you don't have to call. Just send an email. AskRob at faithfi.com. That's AskRob at faith. The letters fi.com. Uh, let's head to Ohio. Hi, Linda. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi. Thank you. Um, I'm calling to ask your advice on choosing a financial advisor. I recently um, was awarded a settlement, a little over $100,000 in the form of an IRA. So I need to roll it over into my own IRA. And I I am going to interview at least three different advisors, maybe someone from Kingdom Advisors, that list, maybe someone from Charles Schwab or Fidelity. I've heard you mention all of those um, investment firms on your show. And I want to make sure I'm selecting someone who will be very beneficial to me. And I'd like to have a list of questions to ask to help me make the decision on who to work with. Yeah, very good. Well, so a couple of thoughts. Let me just clarify. So Kingdom Advisors doesn't have financial advisors that are employed by the organization. It's a 501c3 nonprofit uh, that trains uh, financial advisors to integrate a biblical worldview, but also issues a designation. So what you hear us talking about on this program is the designation we trust is Certified Kingdom Advisor, which is really the seal of approval that Kingdom Advisors extends to those professionals that have met 
high standards. So they're at all kinds of firms across the industry and big wirehouses like Merrill Lynch or, you know, UBS or, uh, you know, Morgan Stanley or independent firms, you know, that just have their name on the door that might use Fidelity or Schwab uh, and everything in between. They've just earned the designation, which means they've been trained to bring biblically wise financial advice with a university uh, based course. They've met a, uh, ethics requirements, experience requirements, pastor references, client references, a st- signed statement of faith, a whole host of requirements. So that's why we recommend if you're going to interview two or three advisors, I'd uh, choose someone who is a CKA, and that way you know that they can bring a biblical worldview, but they're going to be at a wide range of firms across the industry. So you'd head to faithfi.com and click find a CKA. Now, uh, if you'd like a list of questions, I-, I think that's a great idea to prepare that in advance. Things like, how do you get paid? Uh, are you a fiduciary, which is just a technical term that means they're required to put it, your interests above their own? Um, what are your qualifications? I think it's important to understand how your relationship will work. How often will you communicate? Um, who will be communicating with you? How frequently will you meet? Um, how are they going to build your portfolio? Who's the custodian? That gets to the Fidelity and the Schwab, all of those kinds of things. So those are the types of questions you would ask. And I don't expect you to remember all of those. Let me send you one other place. If you go to kingdomadvisors.com and click find a CKA, you'll actually find a list of questions that you can download as a PDF that you can use, uh, Linda, in the interview process. Uh, just click learn more about finding or choosing a CKA, and then there'll be a link there that says download the questions to ask to help you choose the right CKA professional. Is that helpful? That is very helpful. And just one other quick question. When I do roll the funds over, I've heard you advise others, like, because I'm, this is all new to me and I don't want to jump right into a lot of securities because of the current market. So I'm just wondering if I should off the bat ask for them to put it in something that's totally non-fluctuating initially before I make my decision on what types of investments to put it in, or should I just hear what they have to say and then make my decisions based off of maybe some security, some bonds, um, you know, a mix of uh, different investments? Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second, because I, I think the key is you would need to understand kind of what relationship do you want? Typically, what I would recommend is that you go with a, a, a money manager, an investment advisor who's a CKA, but also one who has what's called discretion, which means they do a whole lot of due diligence on the front end and what, what you would call discovery. So they should, rather than trying to talk you into something, they're going to spend a lot of time getting to know you and or you and your husband. What is God doing in your life? What is the purpose of this money? You know, what are your plans for retirement? What other assets do you have? How much income do you need? And then they'll come back and say, okay, based on everything we've just talked about over the last couple of meetings, here's what we'd recommend in terms of the approach to take in building the investment portfolio. You know, they might add some precious metals. I mean, they'll talk to you about all that, and then they will deploy that strategy on your behalf. Now, I would try not to say, let's, you know, put it all in cash and I'll tell you when to put it in. One of the main reasons for that is I like the idea of them buying at a discount. If you tell them to hold off until the market fully recovers, it's basically like saying, you know, I'm going to go shopping. 
I don't, I'm not going to buy the, the item I'm purchasing on sale. I'm going to wait till it goes up to full price and then I want to buy it. Well, we wouldn't do that when we're shopping. And I don't think we should do that with our stocks and bonds either. Plus we're looking at a long-term time horizon here. You know, even once you reach retirement, if you're in good health and the Lord tarries, you need to let this money last for maybe a couple of decades or more. And so we're not thinking about what's going to happen in the market next quarter or even next year or even five years from now. We're probably looking 10 years plus. So I think the key is finding the advisor that's the right fit for you, doing all that discovery, making sure there's good alignment around the approach and the strategy. And then at that point, I would let the advisor determine how to move that money into the market and in what timetable rather than dictating that, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And this is very helpful because it's been a little, uh, I've been apprehensive about making this decision. So yeah. Those are a lot of really good guidelines. Thank you well, so much. You're very welcome. So kingdomadvisors.com, just click find a CKA. And the reason I'm sending you there is uh, you, not only can you search for a CKA, but you'll also be able to get the questions to ask. And here's the thing. The Bible affirms this idea, Linda, of you seeking wise counsel. So God doesn't want you to be anxious about this. This is not a burden. This is a blessing. This is God's provision for you to hold loosely to trust him with implicitly to make wise decisions. And that's why I think you need to do multiple interviews and really find somebody that you think is the best fit. But then at that point, you know, at the end of the day, we're trusting the Lord, not these accounts for your future. He is your provider. And as long as you're following biblical wisdom and principles and uh, seeking wise counsel, and, uh, you know, I think you should be able to sleep well at night knowing that you're doing everything you can do to be found faithful in managing God's resources. So uh, I'm going to pray that there's not any anxiety or anxiousness involved in this because there doesn't need to be. You know, this is a blessing and uh, God's on the throne. He's ultimately in charge of all of it. So thanks for being a part of the program today. May God bless you. Well, folks, unfortunately, that's going to do it for us. Sheldon and Bill, if you want to hold, we'll get your phone numbers and see if we can get you on tomorrow. Thanks so much for calling today. Thanks to our amazing production team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.